This is Blythe Baines, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. Thank you so much, Blythe Baines, singer-songwriter extraordinaire, for introducing the podcast. Yes, indeed, you are listening to Inspirato Projecto. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, As you well know, this podcast is all about the process of creation, fringe theories, uh, paranormalities, extraordinary stories. Uh, You will hear us mention someone in this podcast uh, who has his own podcast. Look up Rob Dream Surfers QHHT. He gave both Lisa, who's going to be our special guest for today, Lisa Bowman, he gave her uh, a quantum healing hypnosis session and also he gave me a quantum healing hypnosis session. Hop on over to his channel and you can hear the entire unfolding, the entire session. He, uh, He learned all about this from Dolores Cannon who developed the technique. Phenomenal, phenomenal guy. You'll also hear a fun fact from Henry D. Horse. Uh, Richard Wilson from Mad Shelley Films. He's going to say hello. And uh, Man Behind the Machine from Man Behind the Machine Podcast. He, he asks a question, which is coming up next, about E.T. Man Behind the Machine, I have not seen E.T. in a very long time. However, your timing on this is impeccable. Um, I want to find the original. Find the original movie that I remember as a kid. It's impeccable because... Lisa Bowman, who are we, we are going to uh, interview today, is just very, a very dynamic spirit. I have not yet quite figured out how many past lives or what past lives I must have known her in because uh, there's such a familiarity. You know, there, there are those people that you meet, you feel such a familiarity, and you go, hmm. It's been said that when someone is familiar to you, you're not, when you're going, oh, you're familiar to me. You're not referring to their face or how tall they are or their hair. Sure, you might be, but really what you're referring to is the spirit. You, they, they remind, you're like, whoa, you remind me of you. <laughs> you're that familiar. So Lisa Bowman, uh, it just knows so many different things about so many different things. Extraterrestrials, medicines, plants, animals. Well, don't take my word for it. Jump on in. Uh, Strap on your helmets. And get ready for a cosmic ride. Thanks for listening to Inspirado Projecto. Inspirado Man here. I just saw E.T. again yesterday, probably since 1982. is amazing. I mean, here you've got these, you know, E.T., they're like little biological investigators coming to Earth, and the first scene, they're picking out plants, and then um, he gets left behind, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different things about the film that strike me, you know, people living in harmony with other beings, our inquisitiveness, their inquisitiveness to know about us, um... A lot of different things happening in the film. What are your thoughts about E.T. and how iconic it was for the 80s at the time? 
I remember the cinematography. It was awesome. Spielberg picked out that neighborhood. And you could picture yourself in that neighborhood in California. Those Here's your fun fact. E.T. was in The Phantom Menace. Well, sort of. The alien race of E.T., the extraterrestrial, makes an appearance in Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, officially connecting the worlds of Lucas and Spielberg's sci-fi. A senator and his delegation from planet Brodo Asagi are present in the Grand Convocation Chamber when Queen Amandala calls for a vote of no confidence. That's for all you geeks out there. Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. Um, thank you so much for joining us on Inspirato Projecto. And I can't wait to share your story with everybody who's listening because um, the stuff that you've been through and the insight that you have, I know is going to resonate with so many people out there who are listening right now. Um, who this is very personal to, and maybe they've never had the opportunity to actually talk to anyone else about this. And for this to be that kind of beacon to bring them out of their shells, I think is just so very exciting. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Lisa Bowman. Hello. Uh, and I just have to say, TikTok is a wonderful way that I've been just meeting great, great people. Um, and I was originally going to interview Lisa about, because she has a lot of videos about being friends with you know a lot of nature friends ravens <laughs> yes. uh, squirrels i think i saw a cardinal in there a lot a lot of little critters you know of course the stray cat freya yeah and so that was really fascinating to me the way that they just c come to you in that manner and then i so i didn't realize that by opening that door that it would open up a whole slew <laughs> of things yes and so i just i would love for you to share with everyone your journey um, leading up to you being, you know, you, you starting these friendships with extraterrestrials. Okay. Um, well, I was 22 years old and I was diagnosed with cancer while I was pregnant with my daughter. And that in itself was a very terrifying situation. Uh, you know, just being so young and a first time mom and being told like, Hey, uh, you're six months pregnant you have a tumor inside of you that is about the size of a six-month-old baby. So that was scary, a scary situation that I went through. I ended up having my child and going through extensive chemotherapy, radiation, um, other medical treatments to try to save my life. During that time, I was also diagnosed with a life-threatening autoimmune disorder that less than 1% of people survive. So I had cancer coupled with this terrifying disease, and I was so young. It really tested me in faith and just really getting along in life. It was a very hard situation. So I battled that for another 10 years. My daughter's now 16 years old today. Wow. And in 2017, when I thought I basically had, you know, a little bit of a grip on life, I was then diagnosed with another cancer and this one was end stage cervical cancer. And it was so bad that, um, I don't know if you'll ever meet anyone like this, but I have endured the lifetime maximum amount of radiation that a human can have. Oh my gosh. 
So that put me in a very difficult category uh, to treat. So I was very limited with my options and I elected to have my entire um, lady system. And when I say system, I mean it all removed from my body. Sewn shut with the inability to ever have um, any type of intimate life again. That was very scary too. Uh, Very, very scary. And after that happened um, and I healed up, I started noticing a difference in the way that I was walking through the world. It was almost as if, and, and looking back now, I can, I can say this in confidence that the more darkness I removed out of my body and my energy field, the more light came in. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you made room for it. It was like I making did. room for it. I did. And once I was conscious of that, I was on a mission to do nothing but bring that in. Um, I still require, you might even hear in my breathing pattern, I still require a lung transplant. At some point in my life, I only have 23% lung function from the autoimmune disorder that attacked my lungs. So that is another medical situation I'll have to face one day. But there is not one person with my level of function that live such a great life for lack of better words. And well, I think, you know, it's been said that it's, it's definitely the person's attitude. You know, we, we always hear that the, that the mind can heal the body and, um, and, you know, one's attitude really has a huge effect on the outcome of such things. Uh, some might adopt the idea of going, Oh, I got to fight this to the bitter end, but then others go, okay, this is happening. What can I do, you know, to at least enjoy my moments of life and uh, what are maybe some alternative things that I can do? And um, it sounds to me that because you had such a good attitude throughout this, that is why you are now speaking to us today. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. And I feel really bad for people that do get stuck in this idea of being sick and just laying down and giving up because I know it's possible to change your entire life with your mindset. It's so true. So, okay. So how soon after you had your organs removed Mm -hmm. and all the darkness removed and when the light started spilling in, was it, was it immediately that you started being visited? Yes, it was. It was actually, so I had um, my surgery done in January, 2020, which was a scary time. It was cold. We were still dealing with COVID, but we were stuck at home and I was limited in the number of people that I could have even at the hospital through this terrifying surgery. So yeah, it was almost immediately when I got home, I noticed a big change in my backyard because I have this little backyard I've created in suburbia to, to replicate you know, the great outdoors, I've, I've put a lot of work into making it look like a place that you would see in a park. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the, part of the charm from, for me being home, um, and being sick after this surgery was that I was just going to make friends with whatever could come visit me from outside. Cause that's all I had. That's it. Wow. So I was just like, you know, I'm just going to make the best of this. I remember this, like I called it a blue jay. And looking back now, I just laugh because they're actually called stellar jays here in the Pacific Northwest. And they're 
they are a corvid and they are just this beautiful blue with this black uh, spiky hair bird and a lot of people mistake them for a blue jay which blue jays have the white feathers on them as well these stellar jays are strictly like this black and blue i remember one day one came to the deck and i was just sitting there talking to him and you know i was just so happy i was like oh i got a friend kind of thing and the next day another friend showed up (laughs) and then before i knew it they were my family and (laughs) i ended up uh like doing a little side jewelry business and you know artistically expressing myself and named my little boutique after them uh, uh wow yeah the stellar j boutique so it was a really cool experience and this bond with just the stellar jays that then developed into so many more members now, real of quick family. just since you brought up your your boutique stellar j boutique where can people find that um i just really run it out of facebook and etsy at this point okay Yep. Okay, so if they just look up Stellar J Boutique they'll, yep. on Etsy, they'll find it. They'll find it. Oh, good. Yeah. And so, you know, at this point, it was just them. And then I gained this squirrel that I named Gary. <laughs> and so every single morning when I go out there, I spend my morning with the animals that have found me. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yep. And that so changed my life in a lot of ways, just doing and that. You've been, and you've been able to, to actually... Uh, like read their personalities and re you know be able to communicate yes yeah I actually that was how I first realized that some of the words that I was hearing in my head while I was sitting there mind you I do meditate and repetitive meditation and daily practice you can really um see some incredible results and I found that with the animals I was starting to hear words that they were cluing me into Uh-oh, cut out a little bit. Are you there? Oh, yeah, I can hear you now. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So you're, you're able to hear the words, you're able to hear words from them? Yes, I could actually start to hear things inside of my own head as I'm here enjoying my time with the birds. And I realize they're communicating to me. Wow. And I've learned so much. I've learned so much from them. And just being in their presence and watching them interact with each other and how well they can get along. I mean, have you ever seen a squirrel, a raven, a bird, you know, a cat, a dog, they all are just together here in this place and they know like this is the safe space and we don't, we don't do naughty things here. We don't fight. (laughs) It's great because on your TikToks, (laughs) it's like, oh, it's food time. And they all come swooping out of nowhere and they totally seem like, little friends do they ever tell you about each other or what their thoughts are about each other or you know uh, that would be interesting to know most of the things that they do are like less very deep lessons Mm -hmm. they will be visions and meditations of them bringing me messages or advice uh healing oh boy the healing if i actually so the color blue is associated with the throat chakra So once I realized that the chakras play such a role in our overall well-being, I started studying them intensely and connected that blue stellar J with my throat chakra. And if you listen to them speak, they are probably the most, you know, boisterous of all the birds. They really speak their truth and they really don't have a problem setting boundaries. Wow. So when I go into meditation... 
and I'm having a hard and difficult time speaking my truth or finding the words. I will focus on them and this intense blue light will enter me through my forehead and fill my entire body. And they are offering their healing at that time. And I am able to tune and adjust my body with their help. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So they're visiting you in your dreams. They do. Um, usually when they need to deliver a message. Yes. You were saying too that, um, is it the Raven that follows you or is it the Stellar J? Who, some, what, some of the Raven. Yeah. So recently my relationship with this Raven is only two months old, I believe. Um, he would fly around with his girlfriend, you know, they mate for life and they are very much different than a crow. A crow is much smaller than a raven. And the raven has an, an intelligence level of that of an orangutan, which is really incredible. So they do often sit back before they befriend, befriend a human and they will watch them. And he sat up in this very tall tree. I have a video of this, this tall tree um, in the distance that I can see in my backyard. And they watched me every morning with the animals <laughs> for months. I love it. Yeah. And then They're one day. You. They're like, how is oh, she yeah. doing over there? How, what's she doing over there? Yeah. And then one day he sat on my roof and I just went out there and like offered him some Costco multigrain crackers. Thank you, Costco. They love them. <laughs> um, and this whole relationship just developed over a cracker. And then That's every, great. yeah. And then every morning. He's come in and now he brings his wife. So every morning they come sit with us and have breakfast. Gosh, I love that video where he's just way out there in the yeah. tree and you go, okay, let's call him in right now. And all of a yeah. sudden whoop, he swoops on in. He sure does. We're working on, I love you. I think I sent a video or you sent a video to me about a raven speaking with its human. Oh yeah. Um, so we're working, we're working on, I love you. Incredible. Yeah. So I can imagine if they're that intelligent, they can also pass that education on to their own kind. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So before you know it, you'll have, you know, do they still call? Now, I know they say a murder of crows. Do they say a murder of ravens as well? No, they do not. No. Um, or is that just a flock or what do they call them? You know, I don't know. It's very interesting. I was never really a very educated person in the realm of animals. Just none of this world. And it's just like I all of a sudden plop landed right in the middle of it. So I'm trying to kind of learn as I go, um, which is also very beautiful. Cause I just imagine these ravens <laughs> flying around going, I love you. I love you. I love you. And um, flying yeah. around. Did you imagine that? Like the, these ravens swooping through the neighborhood and they're going, I love yeah. you. I love you. And people go, what is that coming from? That's coming from the birds, <laughs> which yeah. then came from you. You know, you started the whole domino effect. Oh my gosh. That'd be great. I oh do. I do have a little coffee shop about three blocks down uh, from my house, and I'll walk there, and they'll follow me, and just oh watch me. Gosh, yeah. it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty special. Your little guardians—they're watching over you. They sure are. Oh gosh, that's so incredible. So, now, did this? It's. It seems to me that you, because in your email to me, you have so, uh, like we're talking like a library of just all this yes. information that just 
but you know, just like a mm-hmm. lightning bolt. And, you know, when you and I had talked, you said that, you know, in high school, you just never, ever were interested in learning, you know, about no. these kinds of educational things. And suddenly one day, once you made room for all this light, you got rid yeah. of the darkness, bam, all of a sudden, suddenly you knew about all this stuff. Did this yes. all happen at once? Pretty much. I mean, I've always had this interest in, I don't know if you remember her. Her name was Sylvia Brown, psychic Sylvia Brown. Mm-hmm. She was on the Montel Williams talk show mm-hmm. like every Tuesday for years. And I just adored this woman. Um, as a young child, I was probably only like 14 years old watching Sylvia Brown on TV do these psychic predictions and talks and meeting people's loved ones that have passed on. And so I've always had this interest, but I never was like, a, I didn't never studied um, how to be a psychic or how to communicate with animals or any of these things. It was just, I had an open mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's kind of how everything just, it just started flowing in after the surgery. Almost, almost like a download, if you will. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to use the word download because it's even something bigger than that. It's Mm -hmm. like a remembering of things that I've set up for myself to do in this life. I'm remembering. Wow. I love it. Those are those little uh, Easter eggs that you're, the seeds um, ethereal self gave yes to this version yes mm-hmm. wow and it's interesting because it's like i love finding the easter eggs i love leaving easter eggs there's a whole bunch of fun it's like you would not have found this particular thing unless you went in that particular direction but in order to go in that direction you first had to have followed the intuition to do so right and, and it's like because you followed the intuition because you went for it um the intuition is what you know led you in that direction to keep um discovering more in, and it's, in, it's in almost stuff. like i don't know how to compare it to something here on earth maybe like someone saving you from drowning or something it's like right that overwhelming feeling of appreciation and gratitude mm-hmm. for oh makes me emotional for what the other side has brought to my life here on earth to just get me through right now I am so grateful. How could I not know everything about them and have this like ferocious appetite for their knowledge? Wow. You know, cause it's like once, once the, um, once the dam has broken, um, there's just no going back. The flooding of information just keeps coming through and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you either ride along with the tide you right. surf it or you tr- or you drown in it you know that's <laughs> go, exactly no, this it. Isn't happening and so you've given you get gotten rid of the resistance and now you're just going okay what's in the flow here what's what let's see where this goes that's exactly it yes so okay so i mean i can only imagine just one of the things that that you've written down that, that you've sent me of 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 the pieces of knowledge that, you know, I can only imagine just receiving knowledge of just even one of these items um, to be just quite, um, quite exciting, but then to just be barraged with, with this ubiquitous information like this. um, Did you feel prepared to, to, to like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I feel like, okay, no problem. I can, I can totally handle this. Oh yeah. You're like, Whoa, I'm, Oh, you felt like you could. Oh, I knew it. I, I have been ready for this my whole life and didn't know it. This whole medical journey is what brought me that appetite because Mm -hmm. I had to fight so hard to live. I had to go up in front of doctors on these boards and say, 
this is why I deserve to have a lung transplant. This is why I deserve to live. Can you please grant me my wish? Like, oh my gosh. I've had to face so many physical struggles in my life that I have become fearless. I, I truly am fearless. I have mm-hmm. no fear of anything. And it's great because once you get in the habit of allowing those things to pop up, it's like you, now you have all these examples of it working in your favor and it's yes. there's no way of looking back and going, well, let's go back to the mundanity. You know, you, know, you, <laughs> you said something there and I forgot to go circle around on that because you said, did you feel prepared? And I had the appetite to get there. So I would go to the library and just sit there with like all these books and see what I could find. I would spend days researching different things that started coming to me to learn Mm -hmm. what I could or finding TikToks, right, on subject Mm -hmm. matter that was aligned with what was happening, which brought me to you. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah. So you you were finding that things that were just, uh, you know, just for the lack of the better word, download – that's just sort of a placeholder right now, but when receiving those downloads, um, that must've been very surprising and very exciting when you've started researching these particular things and seeing that going, Whoa, like, okay, this was already written in a book and it's already, it's reaffirming what I had an instinct about. It is. And an example of that, just a quick one is I started seeing, I started seeing a different language in my meditations. I started seeing, carvings on walls of these drawings whoa and they would come through and I would have no idea what I just saw so I would I would go google like upside down triangle with line going this way through it or um squiggly lines with a circle at the end and I would find the symbol and go down the rabbit hole and go okay so this is Egyptian interesting a week later I'd see a pyramid I would see myself in the pyramid. I would see myself designing the pyramid. So then I connect, oh, I saw the symbol in the meditation because it's it's something I know. It's in my soul's field, right? It's in my energy. So I'm seeing that because I once did that. And um, I've made a lot of connections just following the trail, you know? You're telling me of a, a vision you had of you on a on a on a boat with a uh, toth with toth yes 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 who so let us know more about that that was an interesting one i actually was working dolores cannon led me down a rabbit hole of egyptian work and i started like purchasing all these books that she had recommended in a video at one point um it led me to a book called the temples of light And I believe the author's last name is Hoffman or Hoffman. Yeah, Hoffman. And she writes this book guiding you through all of the temples along the Nile River. And through each temple, you do a very specific guided meditation with very serious intention. And because so many humans have partake, have done this meditation, given it that energy, given it that space, This book is truly transformative for anyone um, working with Egypt in general. And one of these particular meditations that she had us go through was called um, 
Memphis. And back in ancient times in Egypt, Memphis was known as like the library. So you're offering your story. You know how you say you're planting these seeds for your future self to go back and look at? Mm-hmm. You're literally offering your life story to Memphis and you are leaving it there for other people who want to go journey and learn from you. You're leaving it there for them to use. Wow. And so in my meditation, um, I'm on the boat with him and we cross over to deliver my specific story, which was a whole nother like journal prompt of getting to know yourself and condensing it down into like two sentences. It was very powerful, very powerful. So I offer this, this story with, with Toth and we cross over to Memphis in this boat down the Nile and I get there and I immediately hear Hermes and I am just like, what the heck? So I'm, my eyes are closed in my meditation. I have my phone open and I'm taking notes with my eyes closed. So I wrote that because I thought it was very significant because it was heard clairaudiently. I heard that name. So I get out of my meditation. I deliver my story. The experience was just profound as usual. And I go back and start researching and find that Toth and Hermes actually have quite an extensive history. There's hundreds of books written about their relationship together. Um, Yes. So when I circle back around and do the research on the words that I would hear in my meditations, I was being given little, little pieces of a much bigger story. And so it was reaffirming what you were having visions of. Yes. So you check the box that gives you more confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And you just keep checking these boxes and you're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. I mean, hello. I was a cheerleader in high school. Go fight when had no care in the world about history class or anything. <laughs> but I feel like a scholar right now. My teachers would be so proud. <laughs> they would be so proud. I bet it's so exciting because you're, I mean, as you're saying, like, as you keep checking off the boxes, I view it's like, I view it's like the um, equivalent of like, finally taking off the training wheels, feeling strong enough in the intuition where you, yeah. you can balance on those. And then you start doing the pop and the wheelies and now you're you know, freestyling, <laughs> yes. spinning, the, spinning the bar around. Now you're surfing on top of the bike, you know, to jump. Okay. Over that's things. awesome. Yeah. Right. So that's I feel exactly like- it. <laughs> yep. You- you know, you're checking off the boxes and now you're like, okay, now I totally, yes. N- now I'm just going to go ahead and just trust my intuition now. Cause evidently all the other times I have, it's, it's, it's worked out fine. You know? Yes. And, yes. You know, it's just, it, and it's constant. It's like those people at the marathon and you got people holding up the signs and going, yes, yes, you're doing great. Keep going. <laughs> and so it's like, well, okay, cool. When you have that kind of applause and that kind of yeah. uh, momentum moving, you, you can't, it's like, I, I, Let's just see what happens next. Let's see what happens next. Right? Because what happened next was I literally supermaned off of my BMX bike. I supermaned in the air <laughs> and was met with extraterrestrials looking over top of me in my middle in the middle of my sleep and waking state. So what okay, so when that first happened, what this is what I'm curious about. And I and I meant to ask you this the first time we talked was are, is there a specific kind of, let's say, frequency maybe that you're familiar with where, you know, ooh, I hear a certain sound or I feel a certain thing and I know tonight I'm going to be visited? You know, have you been able to match up a specific kind of um, foreshadowing, so to speak? Um, yes. 
Ooh. And I would say that the, I've never really thought about that, but it did just dawn on me. If I had to answer that, I would say the moments in life when you feel like those synchronicities are just hitting so, so often mm-hmm. and you're vibrating really high, you know, in the spiritual community, we really do feel our energy and you know, when you're vibing high and mm-hmm. you know, because the people that are put in your path, just the things that happen to you in that state is when I'm contacted the most. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. This is good. This, this is, is good. no, this is no, Hey, I'm coming. Nope. Nope. People have this like preconceived idea that tonight I'm going to go to sleep and they're going to come visit me. <laughs> you know? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Not my experience. So the, what, well, I guess then, then that leads me to this question is like, what, what, what can you remember either happened during the day or during the night or something that might have um, that you can kind of put a finger on um, that, that led up to your very first visitation. It was very, it was very clear for me. It was what I call opening my third eye. And I don't want to be very technical with this. This was just my own personal experience. I was Mm -hmm. on, I was on a camping trip it was June 2020 um, after I had had that major surgery. So like six months out of surgery, wow. I'm camping in the most sacred place where I live. It's, it's just I've been there since I was a child and we were camping there for my birthday because it just means a lot to me. And during that visit, there was a butterfly that was in the road that's wing was like falling off. And so it was just, it was just like laying there having its last moments. And so I was immediately emotionally connected to it because, um, when you're dying, which I've been there many times, the worst thing is being alone Mm -hmm. or even in those moments where you're just so very sick. Being alone is the worst feeling in the world. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted to be there. Right. So I took the butterfly and I went and laid in the hammock at my campsite and I just put them on me and laid there and just closed my eyes and just had this energy exchange and moment. I really didn't even know what I was doing. You know, I was new, if you will, but I just knew it felt right. (sighs) So then I was led to this little hole in a tree and I put some moss and made like a nice little comfy space for, for this butterfly to kind of end its life. And I put this butterfly in the tree, safe and protected. I walked back to my campsite to go grab my phone because I really wanted to document that photo. I really wanted that. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, it was gone. Whoa. And there's no way that it was just eaten in two seconds when I turned around. There was just no way Whoa. that it crawled out of there. It, it was gone. Whoa. Yeah. And I have this beautiful photo of me in the hammock with this butterfly. And the shirt that I'm wearing are the exact same colors. It's almost camouflaged into my shirt. Wow. <laughs> so it was that experience that changed everything, I think, um, as far as nature was concerned. I was really bought in and really 
thankful for that. And so that, so, wow, that's incredible. So that night at the campsite is when mm-hmm. you were first visited? It was a couple of days after. Yeah. I, I had got home from the camping trip and I was just waking up in the morning. And so I was in between that state of being awake and kind of sleepy, which is a really good state to be in for mm-hmm. meditation mm-hmm. and astral projection because you're the most open. Yes. So it was during, and it still is to this day, my favorite time to receive information because it comes through where I can see it visually, which is really great for me. I don't often get that privilege. Um, I was laying there and I noticed all of a sudden there were two extraterrestrials standing over top of me, looking down at my body in bed right there. Whoa. (laughs) That was my first experience. Wow. Yeah. Now, what do they look like? What are they, what kind of. They, they were grays, like? unmistakably. Mm-hmm. Unmistakably, the little grays. Um, they, all I could see was their heads. And I, and they spoke to me telepathically. I knew exactly why they were there. And I knew what they were asking me. And we understood each other in a way that um, I can't explain. It just happened. Like. I didn't know I had the ability to speak with them that way, but I did, and it worked. What what kind of mess? What were those? Some of those first messages that you received when they were yes, um, when they were there. So when they showed up, when they showed up, they were looking down at me and they were telepathically telling me, "How are you? So physically broken, yet so filled with so much light." And vibrating so high, basically. Like, how are you able to keep yourself at this state and be so physically broken? And in that, there was also an exchange of emotion because the grays are notorious for lacking emotion. Mm -hmm. And they really find us fascinating because of that. And that was another element that they just couldn't understand because I, I am very much an intuitive medium empath. So they were just amazed. It was, I was a science project to them. Probably they were just looking at me, asking me like, Hey, how in the heck do you, do you keep vibing so high? (laughs) Like for lack of better words. Did you, did you, okay. So I'm curious if your empath and clairvoyance abilities, um, began after your organs were removed or did you or did you have hints of those things growing I had hints up through your life yep I did I had hints I had hints and experiences and I my grandfather who passed um was very instrumental in me practicing my gift so that I could get the confidence to tell people your grandfather helped you <laughs> yeah tune it in that's awesome and he was this super cool dude Everybody loved him where we lived. He was a flat track motorcycle racer. Whoa. He was a cool dude. Wow. He was so cool. And he carved um, wood, like Native American wood carvings, like of totem poles. He had a totem pole in his front yard even. Um, Just a very, very cool dude. Wow. So he knew, he knew probably a lot more than people even realized. And here he was. Yes. Imparting pieces of it onto yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he actually came to me and told me one time that my cousin, 
who followed in his footsteps riding dirt bikes, who is now very just a professional dirt bike rider. Very, very cool. He uh, showed me, hey, he's going to break his foot if he doesn't wear this, this, and this. <laughs> and so I was able to start connecting with my family on things that grandpa was bringing through. Oh, so I love it. That gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So, so then once, once your organs were removed, then it just really heightened it. It did. Even yeah. More. Yeah. Everything that I had um, been experiencing in small little bits throughout my life was all of a sudden happening every day of my life. Oh my gosh. And that must've been such an extraordinary <laughs> confirmation going, Oh yeah. boy. Okay. You know what? Yeah. I was totally on the right path. Yep. It, so, yep. So when they, so when the grays, so I'm going to fast forward back again, back to the, to the grays over hanging out at, at your bed, looking at you going, wow, I'm, we're fascinated with you here. Yeah. Um, was, would, did they disappear or did they take you aboard a ship at that point? Or were you at a, on a ship as you were looking at them, looking over you? No, the visitation was them in my room, in my specific space. And I was oh. just projecting, I believe, I believe I just got into an astral projection state where I was getting ready to leave the bed mm -hmm. and they came through. Um, so that experience was not on a ship. And that particular experience was um, where they just, after they communicated, I had this sense of peace and understanding. And the moment I became excited about it, they disappeared. Whoa. Which is just showing you know, my energy level went from very calm to a huge spike, right? Like a mm -hmm. huge resonance, Ooh. which kind of probably knocked me off kilter a bit. So lost frequency. <laughs> so, they, uh, okay. So then how soon after that was the next time that you were visited? One week after. And that second visitation, I was met by this being who was, six seven feet tall and very slim and wearing this long light blue robe and their skin was very light and they had this glowing blonde hair i now know them to be the pleiadians and um what a beautiful beautiful relationship that is now but at the time when this particular um being came forward the the absolute warmth that you feel in the presence of something so pure and so good with intention it's just such an experience she opens her hands to me and shows me an upside down illuminating triangle and I have no idea what that means but I'm just looking at her and I open my hands and then all of a sudden I can feel her in my heart like entering in my heart and it was a gift she was giving me a gift and that was my second experience did she did you get um were you able to communicate with her on that occasion um i don't know that i was no i don't think so really all i was doing was ex experiencing this thing that she was here to give me which later i found out um, in the spiritual world, we, we are kind of like, if you can imagine like, you know, boy scouts or girl scouts, when you get those patches, <laughs> yeah, it's like when you level up and you accomplish something 
so profound and unlock another door. These are the symbols that a lot of people, if you've ever seen light language done. I don't know. So if you get off the call and look up light language in your energy field, when some psychic mediums and some psychic artists tune into your body, they will see images, symbols, um, people in your energy field. So if you were to do a soul portrait, someone who's very gifted in that, right? Those symbols will show up around me as, as my soul imprint. Is that that drawing that you showed me? That is one done by a psychic artist. Yes. Yep. So they, okay. So that's what that is. Yes. I'm making connections here. Yes. And then some of those symbols will look like triangles, lines, squiggles, because they mean something in, in that time period of your life that you experience them. Like the Egyptian symbols, um, So you take these things as a little like badge of honor, if you will. So that experience with the Pleiadian will forever be associated in my energy field and in my mind with the upside down illuminating triangle. Wow. And in shamanism, we call it a crane bag. We keep little mementos and little um, tokens of our journeys and our experiences uh, as, as a celebration and accomplishment. And we put them in our crane bag. So it's just, it depends on what you resonate with. Um, different cultures have different ways. But for me, that's, that was what that experience symbolized. So, wow, gosh, there's so many different, this is like a choose your own adventure here. To, 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 yeah, so, okay, let's go. go down here. Yeah. So now, all right. So after you were, you were, you were visited by, by the Pleiadian, what, what was the next uh, ET experience after that? Uh, It was a very profound one, actually. I was taken on a mothership, which I now know to be an Arcturian healing ship uh, by the name of Athena, actually. And so many people have experienced this mothership that there are a lot, there's a lot of information that you can go research if you're interested in looking up the mothership Athena. It's fascinating. I was um, brought up upon this ship Um, in a dreamlike state where two people that I know in this lifetime now led me into the door to get into this ship. Now, that's kind of tricky because this thing can go two ways. Is it really them? Or is it just spirit putting familiar faces to an energy to allow me to welcome myself to get on this ship right Mm -hmm. so I get on the ship and I see that I'm there with many other humans and I get strapped into this seat we all have our little seats at this stage and we are on somewhat of a conveyor belt in these they're very comfortable seats they're just our feet kind of hang down sort of like a, a carnival ride and we're taken from station to station and the Arcturians are now, now I want to be careful because I'm not a know-it-all. So if you are in the community, um, I don't know if it's just Arcturians working on Athena. Uh, I have heard information that there could be many other galactic races working together to help heal and tune up lightworkers here on earth. So 
I don't want to limit it to just Arcturians that were there. It very well could have been other races as well. Um, in this experience, we were going from on this conveyor belt, like from station to station, and they would record and take information when we would stop at their station, or maybe they would hit us with these like light healing lights and adjust our energy field, our frequency. Um, lots of computer like imagery, but not a computer like so far, the technology is so far advanced. It's hard to put in words. Um, what, did the, what, what did they look like to you? What, 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 what was the, um, the, the, the vibe that you got that they were Arcturian? Um, their color. They, they had a specific color to them that when I went to look up like different alien races, mm-hmm. I most identified with that race, the Arcturians mm-hmm. being, being the ones. I was like, oh, that was them. But there were others that were wearing these, um, you know, that robe I was telling you about, like the Pleiadians wear. Mm-hmm. A lot of the elders, uh, we call them high council. So a lot of the high council members, like the Pleiadian high council, um, often wear these robes. And it's to distinguish, and, and from my knowledge, it's to distinguish them between people who are sort of more in a leadership position, I guess. So there were a lot of people in robes. Um, there were black robes, light blue robes, white robes. Um, it was very medical. It felt very much like a medical facility. I knew that I was there for healing. I knew that. Um, just the way it operated was very much a medical experience. How many people would you say that you saw on other, you know, getting, getting healed or tuned up? Hundreds. Wow. On this mothership. Hundreds. Like, inexplainable even. Yeah, there was many. Now, now with the interactions you had with them, what kind of, did you, uh, did was that also a te- telepathic kind of communication? Did no. Did they move their mouths? Did they? Oh. I had no, I had no communication with them. I had oh. no knowledge of their life. I just knew they were there. And that's probably why I was led into the ship by two faces that I would recognize here on earth. Wow. Because it felt safe. Right. And once I got in, I could tell that I was there with many others but we all felt comfortable. Like we knew we were there for something good. It wasn't a bad feeling at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you were in the, so were you, so how, um, how much of the ship were you, did you explore or were you taken to? I would say a quarter of the ship, which is quite a bit um, because this ship, I believe they grow their own medicine and foods. Um, there's just a lot going on in this mothership because it's like a huge hospital, uh, spiritual council uh, conference room, if you will. Um, I can't even, I really haven't gone down the rabbit hole enough on Athena. I'm sure there's some experts out there, but there's just so much going on. And so did you, so you felt that there were, I mean, were they helping you at all with any of the other ailments that you have? Did you feel that there were? Um... Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, um, that's great. Part of what they do with the lights, um, I notice when I go through the lights, I am very in tune in that moment 
with the specific body part that they are working on. And that will come to me in the form of color. Many people when they meditate don't see color at all. Mm. I just thought it was normal. I just thought that was what we see when we close our eyes. And I realized there's a language to these colors I'm seeing. And in my extraterrestrial healing sessions, I see the color that's associated with the chakra that they're working on. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of a little form of communication. Well, each sound has its own color too. Yes, it does. My and... daughter, actually, she's 16 years old. She has synesthesia. We just actually figured it out. Ooh. She's also born at 222 and Ooh. came into this world, saved my life, just an angel. And she also has incredible psychic gifts herself. And she's 16 and she's had many other, she's, she's lived so many more lives than me. She's like this wise little teacher. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. So she comes to me, she's like, mom, do you know that I can actually see color when I hear words and this whole like interaction with humans and seeing their colors? Oh yeah, it's a thing. Oh, Which wow. ties back to our relationship with Toth because of the emerald tablets and the color healing that he does. And Avencia's medicine and this whole lineage of ancient, ancient healing that I've been a part of in my past. So they would use a lot of color to, oh, to yeah. do healing, just like how the, the extraterrestrials were doing on Athena, which yes. is really interesting. Yes. Until, until modern day Western medicine came into play, it was forgotten. It starts with Toth and the Emerald Tablets. And I believe Avencia's medicine is the next version in our history and so on. Color and healing is a thing. You know, it's so interesting. Once I realized that sounds have colors, I thought how cool that would be um, to make music that specifically, you know, let's say, for instance, you put on a concert. Yes. And, you know, each every time you press those those specific sounds, those particular colors that are associated with that would go along with that. Yes. And, you know, those especially who have synesthesia, I was thinking, wow, that, you know, I bet you they would be really good at helping um, write, you know, let's say poetry or screenplays or something like that to really dial in the perfect kind of orchestration that one would feel without even realizing it. Now, of course, you take into play the idea that, what do they call it? Uh, Seismo? No, no, no. Um, where they put like, you've seen it, where they put like sand on the little metal thing and the frequency and goes, and it goes into a specific shape. Right. That too would be really cool to, to broadcast that, you know, like up on a projection screen in it. So so you're getting subconsciously, uh, you know, blasted by this stuff, but then also those who are fully aware of it are going, yep, totally. You know, that's what it would be. And, um, did you see any of those kinds of, sh- I, I know you've, you've had seen a lot of shapes, you know, and, yeah. and, and symbols. Did you, with Toth, did, was any of that type of stuff going on? As far as symbols from him? Well, like, so for instance, if you saw anyone healing someone with colors, did you also see, let's say, those particular symbols of like, what that pattern would be, I guess? No, or... not yet. And it's interesting because if I initiate a experience and put the intention out to experience that and gain wisdom from it, I'm able to do that. 
Ooh, that yeah. is great. So you can actually put out the intention. That's like yes. the bait on the hook for the fish. Yes. Like, okay. Yes. This is it's a relationship. This is what I'm intending. This it's is a relationship. what yeah. I want you to grow and then show me more of this. Wow. So okay, what else did you notice with Toth and, and the way that the um the way that the the uh you know the healing was going on? Well, um his his way of moving around is much different. He has a very ancient goddess, god deity vibe to him. Um, he does intersect and kind of come into the extraterrestrial experience because he is Toth the Atlantean, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two worlds don't often intersect. If that makes it might not make sense, but Toth does not directly interact with the Galactics when I'm interacting with the Galactics. It's like a different time period to me. Mm. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah, I I get the sense that the um since we've heard that uh you know you always hear that the I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly you know that the Lemurians and the yeah. Atlanteans yes yes Bashar talks about the Yael yes. you know there are these early civilizations that um you know taught whatever whatever you know Earthlings were around at that time so I can imagine yes. that those that the the Egyptians got that information directly from the star family they did and also so they did do that and like you said the the lemurians i have a very deep connection with the lemurians i have a lemurian quartz crystal from the bottom of the ocean that was said that the lemurians charged with their energy to be healing vessels for this time right now whoa and this crystal is probably top five favorite crystals that I own uh, because of what it is and the symbolization and what it means. And they are, they are directly related with Mount Shasta, as you might already know. Yeah. Cause I hear there's the Agartha network going on in the, in yes. the, the earth and then Mount Shasta is one of those openings that go yes. into there and that's where the Atlanteans are. And-, and, and one of like, we're both doing this whole exploring the QHHT world, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're both doing this and, and trying to get, learn more about ourselves. And in my sessions, I'm finding I'm going to these caves inside the earth and healing myself. Whoa. Session one with QHHT um, Dream Surfers Rob, he um, took me to a place where I was in the middle of the earth in this cave, seeing the lights, the color purple, and healing, and then going out where it's safe and sending that healing back out into the world. Like I'm experiencing that in my QHHT sessions. Wow. Yeah. And it's really cool to go back and listen to. Yeah. That's incredible. Now, did you, did did you, now did you, uh, what kind of, what did the beings look like in there? It was just me. Oh, it It was just just me. It was this place. There was up in the sky, there was like this bright star and I would look at the star and I knew if I, I matched up the star to where I could see it shining down on the earth. That's how I found the entrance into this, this crystal cavern of healing in the earth. Yeah. It's incredible. It is. It was, it's actually really wild to listen to because I was like, there's no way that that happened. And he's like, oh yes, it did. (laughs) I'm like, okay. 
so you you actually came across a lot of interesting uh, just from your int- intuition and your QHHT session with Rob, um, stuff that you were able to match up. And I mean, I'll, if you want to share this or not, because to me, it's just absolutely fascinating. The fact that you came across the Rembrandt um, yeah. uh, matchups. Yeah. Uh, it was really interesting because one of the very first lives he goes through and he says, okay, I want you to take, I want to take you to an important time in your life. And we're going to experience that, you know? And so he's leading you to this important time in your life. And you hear me say, oh, I am in the woods. There's a cottage, a cottage in the woods. And I go into detail about how he says, okay, can you look down at your body and tell me what kind of clothing you're wearing? And for a QHHT professional, you know, that's a slimmed down version of what era are we in? You know, according to what you're wearing, you can really tell where you're at in time. Mm. And I look down at my body and I say, um, I don't know. Like I didn't know what I was wearing, but I was next to a stove. I knew that I was next to this stove. I'm in a cottage in the woods. All of a sudden you hear me say Rembrandt. And then it opens up this door of me having a past life with Rembrandt and one of his very famous paintings after my session that I Googled is called cottage in the woods. And that was the first painting he showed me. And now our relationship is a trail, a wild, crazy adventure of little clues in paintings that he sends me. And I'm like learning about my past life with him as his second wife. Wow. Yeah. You're even noticing that he was talking about specific painting techniques, which then you Googled yeah. later and realized, whoa, that yes. totally is one of his paintings. And techniques. like, if I'm not going to pay attention to history in high school, like I'm certainly not going to, um, you know, pay attention to art. Mm-hmm. Like this was not my realm of learning. I, I did not take any interest in those things. And now here I am. I cannot get enough. I'm at the library like every day with books of Rembrandt. It looks like a 1600s crime scene investigation. I love my kitchen table. (laughs) Well, because you even said a specific date and you checked out that date. Yeah, it matched up. They asked me, he said, what year is it? I said, it's 1652. And when we went back, we found that 1652 was the first year that Rembrandt uh, painted a self-portrait of himself so that Whoa. was very significant for him okay Whoa. he wanted us to recognize that so round of applause <laughs> okay thank it's you great. for my man um so he then goes on to tell me more and gives me more clues throughout these sessions as the sessions progress with rob i'm actually in the rembrandt house which is now in amsterdam and i've already depicted this home to a t in these sessions Whoa. And um, the clues that he gives me through his paintings and even the technique, he, he was the pioneer of this painting technique called the wet on wet method, where you do not wait for the paint to dry before you put your next set of oils over top. So in the session, you'll hear me say this very um, dumbed down version. I'm like, he takes the paints and he mixes them with the water and he does this different thing. Like he's really proud. He's doing this wet <laughs> You know, so I'm explaining it. That's great. Yeah, it's crazy. So learning a whole lot about my life right now. Are you now I, 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 I can only imagine that the things that you 
find that uh, match up in addition to your QHHD session that, that just, you know, came to you um, that, that you're noticing, oh, yes, in fact, this is a real historical thing. I can only imagine that what goes along with that, too, is that parallel, you no, might be noticing parallels between that time and what's going on in, in this oh, particular life, too, huh? That's very profound. Yes, that is the deepest, deepest meaning in this whole story. Now, the way that I died in that lifetime is very similar to how I'm living my life right now. Wow. Um, I witnessed the christening of my daughter Cornelia through one of my sessions in which I'm sobbing. It's such a proud time for me. Rembrandt didn't want to marry me because he would have lost his inheritance from his first wife, Saskia. Huh. And so he never married me, but I had a child by him, Cornelia. And I can no longer have children. And that pain that I was crying for in that session offered, spirit offered me the healing to help heal in this lifetime, the pain and the heartache of not being able to have another child. Wow. Incredible. And even the same age that, that we were when she died of tuberculosis, the lungs. Whoa. She died. Um, laying down next to a stove. Wow. She died, and um, I'm the same age now as when she died. Wow. The parallels are... Uh, it gets deeper. There's a painting of her, completely nude, which is why I could not see what I was wearing. He painted her nude in many scenes of his paintings, and she's depicted in one of them with this ferocious hippopotamus in the background and in one of our sessions you hear me talk about this hippo that i see <laughs> whoa and get this my favorite animal from the beginning of time is a hippo i even have a stuffed hippo that i sleep with hippie on my bed that's amazing i know i know it's amazing and there that's not even all of it i mean we're only two sessions deep Wow, I this totally, you know, I'm just getting flashbacks of when Dolores Cannon talks about her sessions um communicating with no, Nostradamus and oh. you know the way she'd used utilized the same uh, uh woman, uh, same client to to you know work with her to go, okay, Nostradamus, you know, is pouring through again and Dolores is writing down this information. It sounds to me like that's what's going on with yes. you and Rob, which is also reminiscent of what was going on with uh, Jane Roberts and her husband, Robert Butts, when they were writing the Seth Speaks material and um, those, uh, those other books. Um, so I, I, this, is just, this is just incredible to that, hear. That connection is very important to me because I told you a little bit back in our conversation about Sylvia Brown and how she mm -hmm. was such a mentor for me. And then Sylvia passed away. And then when that happened, Dolores Cannon became my next teacher. And I have soaked up her books, conversations with Nostradamus to the point where I could feel this energy bringing me closer in line with what I now know to be this, this experience. That is why I was enamored with her. I mean, wow. I have reread her books so many times. I can't even tell you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I got to read those. I read the Convoluted Universe series, and I haven't read any more than that. But Powerful. I definitely got to go down the rest of the, these rabbit holes because you yes. can't deny what is brought up 
no. with the commonalities between all of these people who have never met each other that mm-hmm. she's never told one another about. Yes. Um, and here's this information that's popping through. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to write a book. I decided this week I'm going to write a book and I'm going to dedicate it to Sylvia Brown and Dolores Cannon. I love it. And we're going to explore this this whole thing. Uh, that's going to be my next, my first project, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's fascinating. <laughs> it it's is. Fascinating. It is. I mean, you know, writing about your life with Rembrandt and all the different, uh, and, you know, of course, all the Rembrandt scholars are going to go, holy cow, this is, this is amazing how this matches up here. Yes, I'm eating it up, though. I just absolutely adore the creative process. I'm being the creative in this whole thing. And whew, it's just such an honor. Yeah, it's really cool. Must be very, very exciting to go from the observer, you know, reading about these kinds of things to now being in the driver's seat. Yeah. This is happening to you. Yes. And I have such like an overwhelming feeling of um, I'm just so grateful for the experience and having all these people connected to me and to solve something and learn something. It's just fascinating. Also, like the healing it's providing me in my day to day life now. It's just huge. Well, it's great because it's keeping you at that high vibration you yes. know, all day long. While you're in there researching it, you keep getting confirmations, which then goes, brings back yep. up in that high vibration. And, um, you know, Dolores Cannon and Abraham Hicks and Bashar, all these wonderful spiritual teachers. And, and then some always talk about how the closest uh, vibe that we can feel to source is excitement, love. Uh, uh, you know, joy, all those great things. And so to be able to keep in that state, you know, that's the state that you're able to manifest easiest in because that's, that's, the, right. that's the language that source operates at. So when we're listening to that radio station, guess what? We can hear the music. That's exactly and right. It's just um, ever since you said you, you, I think you said, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. Did you say, were you the one? I don't know if you said it this way or if you did, this is great. Did you say energy signature before? Yes, I did. Okay, so the energy signature. So I just think that's a wonderful term because um, when you, I noticed that when you, when, you, when you sense a specific energy signature with somebody or through some information you've read or something, it gets so much easier when you yes. recognize that energy signature in another person or in another um, piece of information. You're going, aha, this oh, is yeah. something to pay attention to. It's sticking yes. out like a sore thumb or it's like, bah, 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 bah. Here's the it play. is. And like in conversations with people, because I'm such an, an empath at heart, like I am an empath to my core. I take what I, you can talk to me for maybe five minutes and I will know you so well that I will know what I can be comfortable telling you and not telling you, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. just by reading the energy. And um, it's allowed me to meet many star seeds that way. Me too. Yeah. I just, I've, you know, I think you're, you're a heck of a lot more, uh, um, you know, dialed into the arena of the, of the, of the, of the emotion type of things. I listen yes. to the language that people are using and I, and that's when I feel that either a, they can handle, <laughs> handle right. what I can talk to them about or mm-hmm. B that, um, that it's like, wow. Okay, cool. I, this is someone I can, I can learn. I can go dive deeper with. Yes. And not worried about going, uh, okay, what's this guy talking about? Uh, I need to go get another drink. You know, <laughs> I need to get out of here. Um, so it's just really cool because 
um, when I start hearing that sort of, um, I mean, I guess I just call it universe language, but you know, when someone slips out the word synchronicity, that's not something you just kind of use lightheartedly, um, mm-hmm. or, or I guess in most cases, very lightheartedly, because, you know, we're supposed to be lighthearted, humorous, yes. joyful beings. So when I, that's not something that's like, you know, that's like someone who is not normally using that kind of language. They're not, that's not going to be a go-to word. That's, that's right. Be like an expensive, you know, that's, that's going to be a top shelf word. <laughs> we should write a book, spotting <laughs> star seeds in the wild. That's right. Star yes. seeds in the wild. <laughs> yes. So now also what came along with this, you were telling me that you um, are able to, um, you're, you're able to communicate with the Fae, with the Fae family, huh? Yes, I am. The Fae is a very different realm, a very different world of working with, um, and it involves a lot of respect. Um, they don't operate on the same set of rules that we do here on Earth, so one must be, you know, cautious when entering into that world. But the Fae have worked with me for a few years now uh, with my garden and helping me um, learn really how to even have a garden I didn't know how uh but they just are such a blessing and they leave physical um mementos for me which one was an ancient like Native American arrowhead wow yeah which belongs to who I now know as my master guide counting crow um who's an ancient medicine man so and he showed up in the um he was in that picture that yes. the person drew for you. Yes. You're able that, to see him. Yes. Mm-hmm. So working with the Fae is something I love to do in the summer with my garden. But other than that, that's pretty much the extent of my relationship with them. When you're out in nature, any other places, do you are you able to recognize oh, their yeah. vibe? And- oh, yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. If I wanted to tune into it, I very much could. Um, especially when we're camping. I will find quartz crystals the size of your head when I'm camping, Whoa. like in, in my campground, like the gifts that I am led to, or the spaces that I'm led to find these treasures. Like this summer, they totally helped me pick out our RV. I know this sounds crazy, but where we park our RV, like they even had the perfect place set up for me. Like they showed it to me. It had all this beautiful Ivy and they were so proud that it was like, it had to do with some like little fairy goddess of of the ivy and um sure enough we get there and we got the spot next to this beautiful tree with ivy everywhere so it's cute i think what's interesting is that these even though each of these uh spirits or beings have different um mm, their own ways of of doing what they do um there is still that venn diagram there's still those connections between those realms i mean after yeah. all you found the arrowhead there from the yes. bay and so maybe it's like uh-huh we're aware we are totally aware of yeah. this aspect of you um it's kind of like yeah it's kind of like the whole idea of us all being one mm-hmm. what what we say to one we say to all collectively right energetically we are a collective once you can really dial in and understand that statement, it makes sense because there are different beings interacting and experiencing at that time what their journey is to be. And maybe a few years later, it's going to transcend for them into a different journey. 
but we're all here to experience and interact and understand. So yeah, it all connects for sure. Definitely. Gosh, I can't help but wonder what that might be like to see that intersection of it. I'll tell you. Uh, counting crow the fae and you know the extraterrestrial i mean to see that crossroads where they're all hanging out and that would be fascinating the the biggest example for me is the movie avatar that is the most closely related experience for me is how nature interacts with man interacts with different beings interacts with the animals just that right there made sense. That movie was profound for me. And I wasn't even a spiritual being then. Wow. See, that's what I was thinking. You know, yeah. what, as you're telling me this, now it makes so much sense why so many, because I remember hearing reports of people all over the world just crying so much after seeing the movie. It and I realized, so no wonder, because it's activating things within people that they're not even realizing it's going, okay, star seeds, activate. You know, that is exactly that it. You're right. That's it. Yeah. So there's that subconscious being drawn to it. Yes, of course, the harmony of nature and all that great stuff and, you know, what what totally could be. And then you're seeing, of course, well, this is what, you know, human. this is what earthlings who are after money and comp- competition and us versus them mentality. When that enters the world of harmony and you're going, no, that's not good. You know, look how look how harmonious yeah. everything was and, 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 and utopian. And you yes. know, look at this. Can't you value that? Like value that over the big, you know, tanks and the robots smashing things. And and yeah. so it's interesting because. I feel that as you're telling me this now, I'm just getting the vibe that, you know, that was a gift from the universe as, as a starting, as a so, sort of a, what do they call it? Like a, uh, like a soft um, introduction. So Absolutely. To, speak, to people, but in a that. major way, a ma- mm-hmm. you know, softly, but in a major way. <laughs> Even those beds that he laid in, you know, how he laid in that bed. Oh yeah. Oh, the yeah. Cover. Right. oh yeah. It's very symbolic. It's very very profound. Oh, when I speak of it, I even had like a little blog that I wrote when I was in the hospital, um, just to keep myself company, um, way back when, like 2010, maybe. And I wrote a little blog entry. I need to go find that on that movie before being this spiritual person I am today. So that would be interesting to compare notes. <laughs> it would be, it would yeah. be to see how much of that intuition, I mean, I, it'd be no surprise that so much of it would just match up with what you've come to know to be true after all this time. Yeah. Um, now, okay. So through this, would you say that your, your, your knowledge about the herbalism uh, came is coming through from your, the Fay teachers? Absolutely. Um, and it comes through um, my master guide mostly because he is an ancient medicine man. So the past life that we lived together in which we had a sacred bonding ceremony, um, we shared such an intimate connection that a lot of his wisdom does live within my energy field. And I'm very easily attracted to and can pick up on um, pretty much anything medicinally. If I just read it very briefly, I'll start to get intuitive and medium messages from spirit regarding what I'm learning so it's this like combination it's interesting wow no this would be really cool to see oh I'm sorry I don't want to cut you off no that's it that's really that explains it 
Well, I was going to say, because you've learned all this from Counting Crow and, of course, your your time, you know, during during that era, mm-hmm. um, actively actively applying all that information. When, and now in this lifetime, applying this information, um, have you, you probably it, like it'd be interesting to know, I'm, like records out there that talk about Counting Crow that, that you know, might depict how he was in the day or. Um, I mean, I know so many records have been lost to yes. all kinds of reasons, um, yes. but it would not surprise me if somehow he was able to shine his way through during your studies, um, yeah. during one of those missions through microfiche or something. And there's some article or something. I really um, hope so. He he was definitely um, of the tribe. It was called the Anasazi tribe, and they were called the people of the stars. Ooh. And, they, and they had this connection with galactics. Ooh. And the name Counting Crow comes from his mathematical prowess and his ability to mathematically calculate um, the galactic and solar energies that were coming in and that he would be the one to tell the tribe, like, we should be planting things at this time or just really vast, vast information, not just narrowed in on plants but he was that person for the tribe speaking with the stars and incredible yeah and um so they were known to be that the people of the stars and how cool is that so it, just as he was an ambassador of the stars so to speak you, yes. you have carried on that tradition and my wild and crazy grandfather um who's just this very interested man in wood carving and native american art who had a totem pole in his front yard that is fantastic. What a great foreshadowing that was. Yeah, it, it makes me feel really comforted when I think back to my childhood. I was like, wow, we have a very deep connection on a soul level, even if it wasn't in the physical world. Now, it's interesting because we're talking about empaths and one of the and, I, and of course, I mean, of course, what what you've written down here um, um, in what you you sent me and all the information that you know about. It's interesting just how close this matches up with this theory that I had I it, any empath I've ever known has gone through you know lots of trauma you know yeah it's varying degrees of trauma you know yes things at a very young age and I I had this theory I was like okay so this makes sense because if you can't trust the adults in your life you can't trust anyone what are you going to most closely turn to well you know either the unseen or nature or you know, the, th- the things that you're going to find comfort in, in what you can, whether it's toys, whether it's, you know, whatever that is, and, and thereby forming that relationship, it, you will, it will communicate to you and through you and, and you'll be able to have these really sharp senses. And I yes. thought, this is quite interesting, like coming across these various folks, because I was looking at the, I was figuring out, trying to figure out the commonalities between the empaths I knew. And I go, aha, there yeah. it is. That's a commonality. And then sure enough, there was something that you you wrote about something similar in, in your uh, email here. Yes. And... It's like you nailed it when you said that, well, first of all, empaths are created, you know, you're not just born in my opinion, an empath, mm-hmm. your experience as a child determine whether or not you are going to be an empath. Mm-hmm. And we've known from childhood that in order to keep ourselves safe, whether that be emotionally or physically, we have to enter every single room and read it. We have to read the room. We mm-hmm. have to know who you are. Are we safe? What's going on? We're in this constant state of hyper-awareness, which is exhausting. 
And which is why a lot of empaths get very sick. And that's how I made myself very sick. Um, so understanding that, you know, we've done this since childhood and the reasons why, why we had to tune into everything. If we can deal with a lot of the experiences in our childhood that made us that way, it really heightens our gift and enhances our gift. Um, Cause I can be an empath in a healthy way now. That is such a tricky thing. I was brought up being, you know, my mom teaching me be empathetic rather than sympathetic. And so from a very young age, I would, my, my intention was to place myself in the shoes of the people I was, you know, communicating with and everything. And then, but what also binded together was that with that was the idea of the golden rule, you know, do, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. And, you know, when you're growing up, you think that all, everybody is taught the same kind of values or the same kind of things and even something as simple as you sleep over your friend's house and they got different cereal and you're like wait we don't have that cereal yeah and you know so then you're like wait a second what's going on here and i realized that as i went through life um i was thinking about you know i i, I was thinking about you know how you always hear about oh there are the people pleasers there are people pleasers and i realized yeah oh, no it's not i don't know if it's people pleasers so much as it is people who want to just have harmony, you know, people who are following the golden rule and they just want to have harmony. So they're doing what they can to keep things smooth and, 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 and on a good balanced kind of ship. But not, you know, but on the other side of that equation, you got people who are the vampires who are kind of trying to take you got that, it mm-hmm. you know, away from them. So then that, now what enters that equation is that, okay, so if you're an empath, you're putting yourself in the other person's shoes, yet if you're not getting that reciprocation back and you can't understand why because no one's telling you that oh they're not following the golden rule they're not you know em- empathizing they're not putting themselves in your shoes so then you find yourself getting drained and drained and drained taking on all of this stuff and it must be and it's a it's been a very tricky thing through the years of of trying to figure out how to be empathetic to people yet not find it necessary to quote go there unquote yes that's that is you it know? That's the assignment. You got it. And you said something earlier about the people pleasing. And that's just like a um, symptom. You know, we have all these things. When you're an empath, you attract narcissists like crazy. Yes. And most often you have a narcissist as a parent, which is why you're attracted to the narcissist in a relationship. And that connection, um, that connection's wild. And once we realize why doing the things we're doing and the people pleasing comes from keeping ourselves safe and like in my experience the domestic violence with my first um, partner that I chose to have in my life the reason why I accepted the abuse is this whole nasty cycle of people pleasing right Mm -hmm. and wanting to do what he wanted me to do to make him happy and because that kept me safe I didn't get hit if I did that right 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 so you gotta take that trauma and work through it you really gotta work through it to be a really good healer as an empath in my opinion well and that's the thing too is that there's you know i was i was thinking about that you know uh esther hicks talks great about this as well the the idea of you know when we hear about someone being selfish it i think there are two sort of different mindsets of what selfish means um 
you know, we're, we're always like, okay, when you're unselfish, you're always putting others before you. Well, okay, that's fine and good if it's a reciprocation. You know, if everyone is under the understanding and agreement yes. that, oh, I'm, I'm helping you out. You're helping me out. It's a game of trust. You fall back. I catch you. I fall back. You catch me. And, and you know, and that, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. However, if you have nothing to give, if you're not self-ish in the sense of, of really treating yourself with value and respect and yes. going, look, I deserve more, you know, look, I... I, I have more value than, than letting people walk all over me. You know, this yes. is not, you know, I, I, this is important for me to, 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 to value myself as much as I value others. And if those people are going, no, that's not fair. You're not, you know, you're supposed to put others before you. And, but the people who are saying that are usually the people who are not putting, yep. who are not d- extending the, the reach as well. So it's a very, that right there is a very interesting situation. Yes. Boundaries. Mm -hmm. That can be summed up with boundaries, boundaries over the mental, the physical, you know, you really have to set these boundaries and self, we hear this word so much Mm self-love, you have to have self-love. Well, having self-love means canceling the plans when your body's falling apart Mm -hmm. and the old me would have just tirelessly gone through every last thing that people put on me Mm -hmm. and never said no. Because that's what I did. I was in complete service to you. But now I know I can't operate in this world and be the best me that I can if I don't right. set boundaries. Right. Yeah. So super important for an empath to learn that skill. And it is a skill. I, it is because um, I, I would find myself in some cases just shutting off to whatever issue especially if i had friends who were just kind of always complaining about the same exact issues and it's like okay do you want to be satisfied and over this do you want to ever have a life where you're not complaining about this and this is not a a monkey on your back uh, or ankles around your anchors around your ankles um if so then you know here are some things that might help dig you out of this thing and i would find myself just finally getting to the time where i'm like okay you know what you're cut off you you get no more access (laughs) yeah you're done done. yes what are some things that you do to to kind of uh do you you know i've heard of like how people will sort of put uh you know energy bubbles around them to kind of the biggest one for me that i learned especially with anyone that has suffered abuse in their past and that can be mental spiritual physical it can come in many different ways but these people that we have experienced traumatic situations with, we have energetic ties to them. And if you can imagine a golden cord from your heart to theirs, there is this energy that is constantly feeding you from them and them to you. Now, we, as spiritual workers and angels and um, spirit messengers, things that are out there to be of service to us to help us here on earth they can't help us unless we ask for their help you know mm-hmm. it's it's an engagement thing it's it's just part of the deal yeah you could be driving down the road and a big boulder you know run across the road and maybe an angel sweeps through and saves your life because your soul contract it wasn't time to go yet right so there are those specific instances where an angel that's just in in the neighborhood might take that job up and Mm -hmm. help help you out but your spiritual team like your guardian angel your guides the ones working with you if you don't ask for their help they're not going to help you in that specific way 
Mm -hmm. It will just leave you little clues. Okay. They'll just leave you little clues. But if you ask them, will you help me cut this energetic tie to this other person? They will do that for you. Um, but, but it's more than that. When you've suffered abuse, it becomes a ritual and mm -hmm. it becomes something you do every night to get rid of the nightmares, to get rid of the pain. And then you do this consistently and you're going to find a difference in the way that you interact in the world and the sense of peace and healing you're going to find in that process. No, it's interesting. It's like you can't have the party unless you invite invite them to the party. <laughs> You're right. That's so like, perfect. Yes. You know, it's like you can't have the high five unless you extend the hand to go, all right, give me the high five, baby. Yes. You know, and then you can yeah. celebrate. So yes. that's interesting because Dolores Cannon talks about that, how she's, you know, we've got at least at least one guardian angel. She goes, just invite them, invite them to help you out. You know, they've been, imagine it like someone's just like revving their engine, you know, it's like having yes. a Lamborghini and it's like you're revving the engine, you're waiting to get on that Autobahn, like really let it run. And no one's inviting you to, to, to have an open right? area to really test it out on. Yeah. That relationship is sacred and beautiful and should be explored deeply. Your guardian angel and you from the time that you were born to the day that you leave this earth, that, that angel specifically is tied to you. And that relationship is beautiful. Yes. Have you seen uh, any of yours? Uh, I know intimately my guardian angel. Yes, I do. Ooh. What, is, what does your angel look like? Her name is Delilah. And she is about 10 feet tall. Wow. She is just this super bright light energy. She's actually come through to other mediums in um, sessions. That's how I initially met her. And then in the hospital during a very traumatic situation that I was going through with my illness, she came to me and told me, here I am, like I saw her. And um, just this week, she introduced me, which is really exciting, for the first time with a client's guardian angel. She introduced you to the client's guardian angel? Yes. Incredible. That was, um, a, you know, it was a client session I was doing, and the client was suffering a, a severe trauma and connection with an experience. And the guardian angel came forward to offer medicine and healing and how to, to solve the problem. Wow. You know, it's so interesting because you've got a whole team of all these various. Yeah. Helpers. so eclectic so eclectic and it'd be great to like i just imagine them all you know kind of like a super team you know yeah. like the x-men or something or the a team or something and yeah just imagine like how cool that would be to see like a, a, a painting or something with them all oh. there they are there's the you know your guardian angel there's the the pleiadian yes the woman who met you there there's counting crow yes there is the uh the uh the the mantis um um uh the, the mantis extraterrestrials that you've that you've yep. contacted maybe the grays you know any of these interesting what are some of the other beings that people maybe have heard and they're like oh that's just a myth or oh you know, i got a good one others yeah this good one is actually one that i'd met before probably met her three months ago and i didn't know her name but she is a lion woman she's like a half lion half woman and she has very strong ties to, oh, I'm going to botch this, to the galactic race, the Syrians? 
Is that right? Syrians? Lyrans? Hmm. I know Lyrans are cat people. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't know. That's up in the air. But they look like this half lion, half human. Mm. And she presented herself to me with these flags. She's like waving these flags. And then I'm in a session two weeks later with another psychic. And she says, oh, I have a guide here for you. And she's showing me these flags, these little banners that she's flying. And I go, what does she look like? She's like, well, she's like a half, half lion, half woman. Oh, boy. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Okay. And so we narrow it down to the coin she gave. You know how I told you about in your energy field, you get these gifts, like these little badges of honor. Yeah. She hands me this coin. And this coin is very specific. Uh, the energy artist, the psychic artist that's, that's doing this session starts drawing the coin that we're seeing. And it ends up being a very famous coin that we traced back to the Venetian Republic. What? Yes, it's so beautiful. Oh so she's, she's from the Venetian Republic, um, a very specific time period. I have many notes on her. I'm getting to know her a little bit better. But this coin um, is what was really helpful in narrowing down the exact time that she's coming from. And she's here to help me celebrate my wins, to to accomplish something and really be proud of it and celebrate that. And so back then in the Venetian Republic in that time allowed the people to fly the flags that they wanted to fly at their homes. They could fly flags to celebrate whatever they wanted. They didn't have to have what they wanted them to have. So this whole connection and celebrating life's wins and then go back to just a couple days ago in a QHHT session under hypnosis where she comes through and she tells me her name is Sonia. Whoa. Yeah. And, uh, still coming through telling me about really celebrating those wins in life. And so that's a very profound wisdom from the other side is to be proud of the things that you faced and and put it out there. Like be proud of that. That attracts other people to be inspired by your story. You know? Yes, it does. And I think that what's interesting is you're telling me about these things. Like you talk about the badges of honor. I just, I, I just, it just tickles me when I hear about these things that are, you know, whether it's ancient wisdom, whether it's um, extraterrestrial type stories, um, that those very things that have been going on for millennia, I, I, I just love seeing like how we've adapted those situations into what's going on in modern day. And I feel like, you know, whether it's like a video game, like, oh, you passed the level, you know, here exactly. now you squirrel suit or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting how those are those to me as you're telling me this i'm just getting the vibe that it's like those are the direct ties of the symbolic representation of what is really going on in the spirit realm yes and how it all works and this yeah, exactly is a symbol for it mm-hmm. yep so that's probably one of the crazier ones was a half lion half woman wow that's yeah. incredible that's yes. incredible yes wow so what, what do you feel, have you, oh, you were saying, you were saying that um, you had recently visited, uh, visited a planet. Yes. Just a couple nights red. ago. Mm-hmm. It was just a couple nights ago. 
And because my, like I was telling you earlier, when my frequency is, is just so high and similar to Bashar and Dolores Cannon, when they're talking about really doing what you're passionate about, Mm -hmm. that is the key to life. Because when you're doing something you're passionate about, you are vibrating at the highest frequency that you can possibly vibrate at. And that puts you in connection with source. So when I'm really vibing high and I know that these, these encounters will happen often. I do know that. And a couple nights ago, I went to and journeyed to a different dimension. The energy was very interesting. It was like very dark and not scary dark, but like dark in color. Mm. And it had this like really bold, deep, dark red hue in the sky and very sandy type surface. Uh, It was desolate. It was barren. It wasn't very lush at all. In fact, I don't even remember seeing any trees. Um, And in this space, I could feel the energy pulling me in. I could see the colors. And I was in a vehicle of some sort. And my daughter, who's also very gifted, she was with me in this vehicle. And we're driving up over this Um, like on top where you can look out and there's a ravine down below and her and I both know that we're going to stop the car and we're going to open the door and we're going to look down and meet these people Uh, not people beings (laughs) meet these beings Mm -hmm. and so we stop the car we get out and we're way up high looking down on them and there's about five or six of them sitting down in this ravine that's barren you know imagine this like deep red sky in the background and they are illuminated like a just golden golden to white light they don't even really have a physical body per se it's just what you would imagine a body to be outlined in light wow and uh i remember one they were sitting on like a a stump if you will. I don't know that it was a stump, but something that had been cut down, lifted from the earth, they're sitting on them. And the one in the front has their legs crossed, a very um, human gesture, if you will. It was very welcoming. They set themselves up there for us to see them. And a lot of times I'm noticing um, these interactions have a very deep meaning. Uh, It's kind of like your first initiation if you will, to more to come. And so I do expect more of them to come for sure. It's just so cool. They're waiting for you. It's like, ah, oh, yes, you've arrived. We already got the picnic set up. You know, it's like, here yeah. we are. <laughs> ready to talk yeah. To you. They allowed me the gift of seeing them. And in seeing them, we exchange energy, which is the connection. So that develops the beginning. Wow. I wasn't Incredible. meant, I wasn't meant to know more yet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just for you to kind of just be comfortable with seeing that kind of Mm -hmm. uh, wow yeah um now uh, i want to i guess switch gears here because as as you're telling me this i'm also looking through these other things that that you wrote down with now concerning let's if we could dial it back to the um the herbs and the stuff that you've learned you know from counting crow and through all the all this stuff that you know what are some of the because you know we've always heard about how the natives um 
they, I mean, they didn't have diabetes. They didn't have right, the stuff right. that we got here because yeah. they didn't have all the manufactured stuff synthesized in chemistry labs and all that razzmatazz. They, yes. they just lived off the land. They had, you know, oh, yeah, I'm nauseous. Well, eat this root. Oh, yes. You know what? I have a toothache. Eat this berry. Yes. You know, um, I my eyes are, you know, a little blurry. Okay, chop, you know, make some tea out of this leaf. So, yeah. you know, there are all these wonderful magical herbs and 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 i can only imagine there are tons more that have yet to be discovered too that are just waiting they're just like it's yes. like a game of hide and seek they're like oh they're gonna find me they're gonna find me so with, with the herbs um that you have found what are some of the things that you would find are some of the most you know would be considered magical first um, of all i would properties. say frankincense frankincense takes the takes the cake for me in um so many ways and this is native to um, Kenya, Somalia. Somalia. It's native to Somalia, actually. And it's the Boswellia tree. And the medicine part is the resin that comes out of the tree, the sap. So the sap hardens, becomes a resin, and then is made into an essential oil, if you will. You can consume it in many different ways, but the most potent variation of... Um, taking in frankincense would be through essential oils. And, you know, if we had to, if they were, if spirit could communicate to us the lessons that they communicated back then, Mm -hmm. they would set up an example for us similar to pick an orange from a tree and you peel the orange. Now, when you peel the orange, what happens? You know, that spray that kind of like comes out of the orange off the peel? Oh, yeah. Okay, that spray is an essential oil. And essential oils are in plants and trees to protect the plant. It's their immune system, if you will. It's their protection, their healer. When an orange is bitten by something or it has an insect burrow inside, the essential oils come out to protect the plant. The plant then has a you know, a scar or a little blemish, if you will. And that is healed by the essential oils in the plant. So one day somebody said, hey, if plants can heal themselves, can plants heal us? Ooh. That's how this whole thing got started. The knowledge has obviously been around forever, Mm -hmm. but we had to kind of ruin it with Western medicine and let Western medicine take the forefront and everything else kind of got left behind. So we see a huge resurgence and comeback of the essential oil and this new age type medicine, which really is just ancient medicine. If you right. Will, you know? Right. So frankincense for sure, that resin. Um, the reason why it's so profound, a lot of people who battle cancer like myself, um, that is a great oil to use for cancer. It's one of the only oils that can pass through the blood brain barrier they call it the bbb in medical school if you go to medical school you learn about the bbb and why is it important that it can do that well it can it can deliver oxygen to the brain during moments of stress um during migraines that is a profound help for migraines Um, i gotta get my mom some frankincense she's dealt with migraines ever since she was a kid Yes. And obviously we want to get good quality products. We want to buy good quality oil. 
because the restrictions today, the oil only has to be less than 10% pure for the FDA to have them label it as 100% pure oil. Oh gosh. So we got to be careful, but yes, um, get the good, get the good oils, the good reputable oils and use those. They are tremendous healers and save you so much money at the end of the year in hospital bills. So, so with the frankincense, where, what would be the best thing for, let's say for my mom, would, would she rub it on her temples? Would she rub, you know, the, where, where would yeah. the oils go? So we would attack, well, I would attack that in a couple ways. I would make her a roller bottle with um, some frankincense and a little, like a perfume roller bottle, if you will, like similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would dilute it down with some like extra virgin olive oil, or you could even use um, coconut oil. And you would apply that to the forehead. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a topical. Uh, it'll help soak in topically, get into the bloodstream within 30 seconds. But also for, for, for a migraine, take it onto the thumb, drop the oil onto the thumb, press the thumb to the roof of the mouth, and leave it there for about 10 to 15 seconds. Because that is a direct connection to your brain. Mm. So that works very well for a migraine. Yes. Wow. Add a little peppermint on there for the cooling and bringing in the circulation, getting things moving. Peppermint's also really great for nausea, so you're getting rid of that as well. So, yes, yeah, been around forever. Oh, this is so good <laughs> to know. And of course, your doctors aren't going to tell her any of that stuff. Oh boy, they look at me like I'm a joke. I come in there with no oxygen, 23% of my lungs. I got this test last year that if you're in respiratory, you'll know it's called the MIP-MEP. And that basically gives you an accurate representation of the age of your lungs. Well, I'm riding strong at a 92-year-old woman and I'm running around the world with no oxygen. I'm not saying that's a great idea, but I'm saying I can survive and thrive. And I do so with no pharmaceutical drugs. Only that of the earth. And it wasn't always like that. And I don't advise anyone to jump into that just all at once. But it is possible. And I am proof of that. You know, it's so interesting. I always encourage people to use um, DuckDuckGo because that's where you're going to find the uncensored information. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other search engines, too. But um, find, finding those places where <laughs> you know that it's not kind of ruled by uh conglomerates who are just like you know buy our no 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 don't look don't look at that natural stuff that comes from the earth no no no, don't look at that you get you got to buy our pills yeah you know what's fascinating is when you look at oregano under a microscope the chemical compound and structure of oregano under a microscope directly mimics modern day antibiotics oh my gosh wouldn't you know Wow. Oregano is one of the strongest antiviral, antibacterial, antimicrobial oils on this earth. Incredible. It truly is. I was finding myself in the hospital every single month with pneumonia with these bad sets of lungs. And that's because we pick up colds and germy germs everywhere. I've got a child. So, you know, I'm exposed to a lot. Well, when I started using oils or Let's not even say oils. When I started using the earth in general to heal my body, unbelievable results. I I just cannot believe how easy it was to heal my body with what is just available to me. Wow. 
that's so fascinating. It's so fascinating. You it know, so keeps, yeah, yeah. It keeps, uh, it's there to be utilized. You know, Mother Earth is going, here, let me take care of you. Please let me take care of you. Please, Absolutely. Let's, please let's have a relationship together, please. Yeah. And it's fascinating because, you know, another piece of intuition that had, you know, I guess I, 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 I just, for, I, I've always viewed um, n- uh, nature, animals, and children as just the best teachers that we could ever, uh, you know, have. Uh, I agree with that. How to move along. You know, the mm-hmm. kid is not a kid is not a kid is following their heart. They're moving forward, you know, doing what they want to do. They're 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 fascinated with everything, yes. the simplest things in life. They're enjoying the moment to moment. Of course, nature, you know, when I started noticing the commonalities between nature, you know, and this is interesting because like what you were saying, they're like, wait, wait a second. If that if it could do that for 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 uh, you know the fruit, what if it does it for us? I would start looking at the connections between humans and nature and going, wait yes. a second, we got veins and arteries, well they got xylem and phloem, you know? That's right. And yes. you know, the what, tree trunk, well that looks like my hand, the veins on my hand, you know, and you just start looking at these commonalities and go, holy cow, this is this is intriguing how this matches up. And then you start looking at how you know, animals are just out there. They're not begging for, you know, they're not trying to uh, um, <laughs> uh, beat the competition of going, hey, yeah. you know, I'm better than you. They're just like, I'm hungry. Okay, so let's go do this thing now. Or I'm tired, so let's go lay under this tree now. Or yes. So it's fascinating when we take our cues from what I think are the, you know, the ambassadors of just the natural just the natural uh, language of the universe. And... Yeah, because we've been taught, you know, we've mm-hmm. been conditioned now that we don't think like that. So when we do, we get looked at like we're a little crazy and you just have to embrace it at some point. I'm fully embracing mine this year for sure. I, I just don't care. Just like you said, the child talking about gaining the wisdom from the child, the child doesn't care what you think about them. Right. What they say right they don't care they're just like showing all the tricks doing all the things and that's if you could take just one day if you could go through the whole day and buy into the mindset that everything you come across is energy and one day it'll change your life it'll change your life it absolutely will because i I have a hard time and, and it's weird because I find myself just like, like squinching up inside and I'm, I'm like trying to do the best I can and like, going, okay, Kurt, you're judging right now. But like when I'm in conversations where it's just mundane, shallow, low hanging fruit, I guess those are the definitions I'm giving it. Um, just like stuff that's, it's like, we're not, there's, <laughs> I'm not, neither am I, neither am I. I, I'm neither learning something here, nor are we progressing yeah. forward in terms of trying to be the best humans we can be in this conversation. Yes. What I'm hearing in this conversation over here is, uh, you know, us versus them. Our team is better than your team, um, you know, or I'm hearing, well, our 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 company didn't make the three billion profits we forecasted. We only made one billion. Oh, you poor company. You yes. made a you know, so like when, I, when I'm coming across stuff like that, it's like, who cares what movie made more than other movies at the box office? Who cares what, you know, all the, just all that kind of stuff. And I go, come on guys, come on. You know, like when I look at sports games and I go, whoa, okay. 
the like they are so close to getting it right in terms of the togetherness of everybody yes. coming together, you know, the connections of everybody, you know, raising those vibrations. However, what happens? What's shoehorned into there? Us versus them. What's shoehorned into there? Oh, in your face. Our team is better than you. And it's like, oh, gosh, you guys were so close. You were so close to really embodying <laughs> the spirit of like, imagine if all those people in the stadium were, were just celebrating um, um, their connection with each other. And yes. How glorious it is that we, we even made it that our sperm even made it to the egg. I mean, that's the lottery right there. Just totally. the fact that we went through the fallopian tube and we had to get swiped down by any of those tentacle things or that we actually <laughs> chose the right fallopian tube or the fact that we even made it into the egg without yes. you know breaking our little sperm skulls before getting into the center <laughs> of it. I mean, somehow we made it in there and now yep. we are talking about, it. oh, that kind of stuff. So we're getting closer and closer and closer and the dam is breaking. And, you know, I just get, get these images because we always hear about the you know, the, how there's the pyramid, there's the, you know, the council, the, what is it? The council of the 13 families that are yes. everything. And it's funny because the dam has broken such to the point where the waters are, water levels are rising. It's kind of like Noah's Ark. It's like, okay, climb to that top is, you uh-huh. know, highest mountain you can. You're not going to escape the floods, my friend, <laughs> you know, you got to be on the ship. So it's like, now the le- water levels are rising, which then brings quote them to the same level that the everyday kind of people are at. And so it's interesting because people are waking up, waking up, waking up. And then they're reminding each other thanks through podcasts like this, yes. where it's like, hey, guess what? You know, guess what? You're you're this spiritual infinite being just yes. in human camouflage right now. <laughs> in your little meat suit. You're just That's walking right. around in your meat suit. That's right. Yeah. That's, That's exactly right. Exactly what it is. And it feels so good. And and I'm like I've um, I came a great across, across a great TikTok from a woman talking about you know whenever you come across the news or things where it's just low vibration, just say to yourself if you find yourself ready to go you know to get like uh, you know scrunched up and 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 judging go just say no no that's not going to happen no you know this is just an energy right. this is a vibe it's not their fault they've been you know people have been tricked into buying into specific kind of things. Um, and recycling particular information it's you know just no just listen all you have to do is all your mission is is to be the best version of yourself and to and to continue to you know ascend i suppose yes you're right because for me it, it was learning to have compassion for those people that held way different belief systems and ideals than i did because mm-hmm. i would normally attack them for being wrong Mm-hmm. And I attacked too many close family members uh, just for, for not being in line with who I am. Mm-hmm. And that, that is not the lesson. That, that is, not, right. that is right. not the assignment. I know what you mean. It's like, how can <laughs> I expect to, you know, it's like, come on, be positive, you jerk. You know, yeah. you know and it's like, oh, wait, now, hold on, hold on, Kurt. Now that's not positive right No, <laughs> That's so, not, uh, come on. You know. I've learned that in order to keep the peace and to keep myself energetically open with my family who fam- family's important. It doesn't matter what they believe. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, it's important. So we can have these beliefs, but we can also be compassionate to the process that they're in at this time. Yeah. Right. Right. 
because we were there at one time. Right. You know, it's so funny because I there was a time where I just I thought it was my mission to save to wake everybody up. It was my mission to yeah. save everyone and to go look. You're 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 so much better than this. Like I know what your potential is, and I want to help dial you into that potential where you're in your satisfaction, in your highest joys, and all that stuff. And then I, and then I started find myself being drained by that. I think the empath within me started being drained by that aspect and going, okay, Kurt, listen let them wake up to the things that they're doing. All you got to do is honest to God, just be like what Gandhi said, be the change that you're looking for. Isn't that kind of like, what? yes, for me, it's, it's this very profound uh, mantra for me is heal yourself, heal the world. There it is. Heal yourself, heal the world. When you heal yourself, you're going to come across so many different assignments where you learn how to interact appropriately with people you may not agree with or with things you don't align with and find right. peace with that. And okay. you know what? And the other thing too, that I learned is that in those moments where I want to speak, I, I also would find myself in a, in a position where I wanted to defend the other side so many times in yes. conversations when yes. someone was ripping on someone else. I'm like, ah, uh, okay, hold on. You know, here are some possibilities as to why this might've happened. So I always would rush to the defense of things. And, I, and then I started finding that exhausting. And now at this point, I go, okay, Kurt, is this your ego who wants to speak up and say something? Mm -hmm. Or is this something Mm -hmm. that honestly is an important thing that needs to be said? If it's just your ego that needs to, you know, that's, that's the little kid who's like, man, I want to say something. Then it's like, okay, maybe we could just have the kid just sit, sit down and time out for a second. Like just sit there. You're not required to express your opinion, Yes, you know, and save that energy, save that energy. That's a huge lesson for me too. Oh, I'm just great to sit down and just blurt out my life story and, divulged way too much when it's just not the good time you know because I'm just ready let's connect let's get in there yes so yeah being the observer is very important just to step back and observe yeah and you know and I um I I, there was something I had learned was um like let's see how do I how to put it off offering access to those who I, I don't want to make it sound pretentious, but those who deserve it, those who yes. you know, deserve that energy exchange, those yes. who are, you're not just going to, you're throwing it down a black hole and then you go, gosh, I regret saying that, or I resent that person for not appreciating this. It's like, yeah. well, heard it's your own fault. You can't resent them for not appreciating what you're sharing with them because they're not going to, it's flying over their head or they're just not concerned about catching it or they're not concerned about bopping it back, that energy back. Yeah. Soul. Like maybe they're only operating with a half gallon water jug. That's my metaphor because it's like, Ooh, that's good. all you have is what you have in this jug. That's mm-hmm. what you have. Now don't right. expect someone <laughs> to give you a gallon water jug when maybe you yes. only have the half gallon. Like, no. Yeah. That's such a good point. Well, Lisa, listen, we're like three minutes away here and I, and I, you know, and so I figured this is a good time for us to wrap this up. I appreciate you so much for for spilling your guts and just giving your your honesty your truthfulness your authenticity integrity and knowing that this is going to reverberate with the person listening to this and knowing that this is going to unlock so many doors that they forgot they had or didn't realize that they had oh i am so thankful for this opportunity it's my first time really publicly telling my story in a a big way and i'm really thankful and happy i did it i'm happy you did it too yeah (laughs) All right, Lisa. Well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go 
put in the descriptions and everything on this. And my, my plan is to have this up today. And so, of course, I'll, I'll share the link with you. Okay. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hello, hello, Kurt. This is Richard Wilson of Mad Shelley Films Under the Flowers, and I just wanted to call and let you know that wonderful things have been happening since the Kapow Film Festival. Um, lots of people interested, and looks like we are going to have a third season, so I'm very thankful and, and wanted to let you guys know and pass on the good vibes, and um, also loving the show completely. And I, I, I kind of like, even though you haven't asked, I'm going to do like the whole, you know, thing that I'm going to do in a minute, which is... This is Richard Wilson of Mad Shelley Films, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto Radio. That was terrible, so I'll do another one. This is Richard Wilson of Mad Shelley Films, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto Radio. That's about as good as it's probably going to get today. Anyway, I hope to talk to you in the future. Also love the fact that I'm discovering as I listen that you're...